Greetings and salutations and welcome once again to the Capeless Crusaders live at the time via the internet. My name is, of course, David Barry at DR Barry on varying social media platforms. I am joined this beautiful afternoon before it hits 103 in three days. I am joined by none other than my podcast partner of seven years. Seven. Perfectly balanced. As all things should be. This is the Azorian one, Anthony Steves. Yeah, you got equal parts uh, nerd dad and 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 ripped buff dad. Yeah, we get mm, it. You're the, going for. Yeah, you're the perfect package. Okay, whatever. We understand. <laughs> so on this episode, um, first off, we're not going to go around the horn. Nope. No, we're not going to talk about the comics we've been reading this week. Not no. Nope. Uh, we're not going to talk about the news. Uh-uh. Uh, we're not going to. We're not going to do that. We're going to do one one goddamn thing. One. That one motherfucking thing we are doing is mm-hmm. recording an interview with the legend himself what the creator of none other than Ooh. drax the <gasps> destroyer gamora <gasps> thanos shang chi that's right jim starlin is on today's episode Booyah! the man who revolutionized the mm. cosmic marvel universe in the 70s and 80s. The Adam Warlock that you know, the Captain Marvel that you know is because of this man. The Thanos that you know is literally because of this man. He's mm. on this episode, and he is joined by his partner in crime, Jamie Jameson, who is inking his new book, and that is Dreadstar Returns. So Dreadstar, right. a character created by Jim, said the rights to it for 40 years. And he came out with a new book after he... Uh, Thought he was done with comics. He had an injury. We talk about in the interview. We thought he was done, and he's back. And Dreadstar is as good as ever. It's it's all under him. It's fantastic. So uh, get ready for this interview with uh, Jim Starlin and Jamie Jameson. We are joined now by legendary comic writer, creator Jim Starlin. Just, it's it's an absolute honor. And inker Jamie Jameson. First off, thank you for coming on and and giving us the oh, time of day coming into chat um so first off there we're i can't i can't lie i'm gonna give this to you up front you've probably gotten it before I might fanboy just a little bit i can't i can't help it your your career is an illustrious one and it's i got a lot of it up there so it's hard not to sometimes you know you're have me poking and staring at your bookshelf okay, I'm really good eyes about to say i mean i could take you up there to the the, the four infinity gauntlets if you want to see those every iteration of them i even got, got i got the iron man up there too so um so yeah again thank thank you for coming on coming to talk about uh your new book new old book i guess we could say Dreadstar, um and and talk a little bit about about your career so we're just gonna go off jim Give us for for the uninitiated. Your career is is a great one. Um, how, how did it start? Where did it start? And and give us a little bit of a rundown. Well, uh, my career or Dreadstar. Let's start with your career, and then we'll, and then we'll go into Dreadstar. Okay, my career started off in seventy uh, one or two after I got out of the service. Uh, went up to Marvel, uh, got a job, sort of as their uh, de facto art director, which they never had before. Uh, John Romita replaced me when I started drawing comic books. Nice. Um, been doing comic books since then. Uh, worked on things like uh, Captain Marvel, Warlock, uh, 
brought Thanos into the Marvel Universe along with Drax and Gamora and the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, no big deal, just Thanos. <laughs> little, yeah, little and, things. Uh, you know, big uh, purple guy. <laughs> purple guy. Uh, he's sitting over here grinning at me right at the moment, but uh, that's another story. Uh, and uh, basically, uh, been doing it since then and uh, started doing dress art. Uh, Apparently 40 years ago, from what I was informed earlier today, wow. horrified her because she's hanging out with somebody that old. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, we've been working on this together for the last year or so during the pandemic. Uh, we finally got copies of it the other day. Dreadstar uh, Returns is now a reality. And those who did the Kickstarter can will should be expecting it in the mail. And you who did not can now go to uh, ominouspress.com and order copies of it. And we will eventually get it into the bookstores, but that process is still in the process. (laughs) Right. So um, start asking questions. I've just run out of uh, (laughs) time. That's great. (laughs) Well, so right off the bat, the the Dreadstar title. So you 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 did Dreadstar. It was it was an imprint of Marvel, right? Uh, Epic Illustrated is where it started off, and then when they did the Epic Comic line, it became their first comic book because I had the story ready to go, and they right. didn't have anything else. Uh, right. Basically, uh, went from uh, Marvel and Epic to later on to Malibu. Uh, short stint on reprints on uh, through Slave Labor. Uh, not Malibu went to first to begin with, and then later on, uh, Peter David and Ernie Colon did a female version of Dreadstar for Malibu. Uh, now, uh, did the omnibus version of 1500 pages of the original Dreadstar material reprinted and remastered for the omnibus, and that led into this book, uh, which we Finally have, and yeah. uh, Jamie and I are now working on the next Dreadstar book, which is called Dreadstar versus the Inevitable. Nice. nice. Well, and so I, I feel like you, you sometimes hear horror stories from comic creators that they made something and then they lose the rights to it for whatever reason. How did you manage to keep Dreadstar and be able to keep making it through the years without any issue? Uh, it depends on how you're working. Uh, I mean, I have a lot of characters like Thanos and... Uh, Drax and Yamora, who are Marvel properties that I created that are now Marvel properties and other people who are doing them. Uh, Dreadstar, I kept the copyright from the beginning uh, because that's what Epic Illustrated was about. It was sort of a heavy metal type magazine. Oh, okay. Uh, There was also a change in the copyright law around that time where the practice of forcing the creators to sign away their rights when they signed the back of the check to endorse it became illegal it was that's how everybody lost their rights and start off with um so uh, i i kept it just because i i wouldn't give it away and that's right. uh, what the change in the copyright law said that you had to specifically sign it away and i wouldn't do that and so that's been my baby uh, ever since off and on that's awesome we're, we're glad we're glad you still have it because i we, we got we got to check out uh, the dressar returns it was great. It was fantastic. As I, I was always a big fan of your cosmic stuff with everything from Captain Marvel and Adam Warlock and Thanos and Drax. Like the the cosmic time in Marvel 
is some of my my favorite comics that I that I've got up there, and it inspired so much of the stuff that I would continue to go on. So I'm really glad you got to hold on to Dreadstar because it has that that epic cosmic feel. I, I really was really enjoying it. Now, Jamie, tell us about your career. How did how did you get into comics? Because I we we got your your breakdown, and it's you're all you over. Your you're doing all kinds of stuff somewhere in different places. Mini, mini doors, industry. mini doors. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, no, uh, comic wise, I mean, I grew up with comics. I loved comics. Um, I was in love with Spider Man growing up. Um, I actually met uh, Scott Hampton. I was at a Comic Con, New York Comic Con, uh, years back, and I was talking to him about. We're, we're actually talking about Shakespeare at the time. And something brought up, we changed subjects and uh, started talking about, uh, you know, game and stuff that he had worked on. And he was like, well, I, I was like, you know, American Gods was just so incredible. I mean, it's definitely very, um, uh, I, I was just like, you know, that would be a great epic graphic novel. And it was like, actually, it just so happens that I am going to be working on that. And I was like, what? And he was like, well, I do need female, you know, female model to portray some of the characters. And Right. Uh, when you realize I actually do photography and like such, I worked with Scott Hampton um, doing a lot of the photography. I was the lead in Bar Moon, actually, is definitely the identical version of me. And the Zorias, the Zoria on the cover is obviously me. Um, we realized I, I was good at the layout parts and capturing the stuff in the layout. So I used him and I take pictures and uh, we went to location. I went to a lot of locations like House on the Rock and um, the shot that that water tower scene is in uh, the building I worked in in Brooklyn. Um, there's actual water tower. So there were like real shots and such. And then um started working with some other folks uh, going forward and um skipped down to Keith Giffen, leave out the boring stuff, was inking Keith Giffen, and um, you know, started harassing this one and really harassing me too <laughs> for 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 a sketch. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a Thanos. Mm-mm. She wanted a, th- a, a sketch of Dr. Doom. Mm-hmm. Nice. So I tried blowing her off for a long time, but she's very persistent. <laughs> she wouldn't leave me alone. And eventually I sat down and did the sketch. And that led to directly to me coming back to drawing. Well, so on, on that note, what we uh, what happened that, that you that you left? You left. You, you thought you were going to retire because you hurt your hand. Is that right? Um, OK, this is where <laughs> this is where Jamie Lynch is on camera. Uh, I had an accident with a uh, soda stream maker where a uh, compressed air accident, and I blew a, about an inch deep crater in my hand. Uh, wow. It doesn't show too much on camera. No. But, uh, and uh, for the longest time, I couldn't really hold a pencil uh, any longer than five minutes without my whole hand cramping up. Oh. And uh, I did about three years of I'll say this properly this time, squeezing rubber balls <laughs> and uh, doing uh, other hand exercises than that. And I didn't realize it was uh, improving. And later I worked with a stylist on doing the remastering of Dreadstar on the computer. And that was obviously helping the hand along. So when Jamie uh, harassed me into doing Dr. Doom drawing for her, uh, I was very surprised that I got it done without it, my hand cramping up. And after that, I did a few more convention sketches, which I asked her to ink uh, because she was working with Keith and he didn't show up at this one convention. 
And mm-hmm. I didn't plan on him not showing up. So I didn't bring any prints. I was like, I'm literally going to be just here doing nothing except fawning, <laughs> I guess. I'll just walk around. <laughs> so I put her to work show and keep her out of the pool halls. Yeah. And I liked what she did. And uh, she uh, inked uh, those drawings, which I liked. And then we did a couple posters and a metal men variant cover. Mm-hmm. And so when I decided it was time to go back to Dreadstar, there was no way this hand was going to work well enough to ink 100 pages. So I enlisted her and uh, got her out of the pool halls, like I said. And uh, she uh, has been working with me for the past year under not the easiest circumstances. This has been an epic journey in many different ways. Uh, 20 some odd pages into the inking, she contracted her first dose of coronavirus, uh, of the coronavirus, COVID-19, uh, and followed it up a few months later with a second uh, oh. Uh, oh. We thought we were going to lose her a number of times. Uh, she survived. She finished a job only four days late. <laughs> only four days late? Uh, only understandably. Throughout the entire <laughs> convalescence going, I know you're dying, but can you ink another page so I have something to color? Oh, yeah. No, it was, it was all about the color. He was like, I, I, I got to stop penciling. I'm getting bored of penciling. I need to color something. I want to color. It's like... I'm, I'm picturing I'm picturing Jim as she's laying on the bed, just, you know, heavy breathing. And he's just trying to slide a pen into her hand and then putting the oh, paper right on Oh, he was in New York. Because you're all harassed over the phone. I was in California. He's in New York, and he's like... um. You know, so sometimes we FaceTime if I wasn't barfing my brains out or, you know, like completely unconscious. And, and he'd be like, yeah, I, I'd be like crying, you know, like the, the bad days, really bad, especially if you start feeling a little better. And then it's just like, wow, I'm like, I can't do this. I can't. Like, I hear you. I know. I know you can't. So, um, but you're going to finish that page tonight and get it to me tomorrow. So I can color, right? I mean. And, just I'm send, like, and I'm sending you 10 more tomorrow. Yeah, just blow me off. Just like, you know, like whatever I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah I hear you. I'm sorry. Yeah, Listen, just give me Jamie, a page tomorrow. Jamie, I see you threw up. I see that. But also right over there, there's a paper and a pen. And if you could. <laughs> yes. You do I have a lap board, don't you? I see a paintbrush. Yeah, John Romita Seniors. <laughs> there you go. Well, I, I can honestly say the book, it doesn't look like you guys are going through all of this. It Not looks, it looks great. You know, they, really you know, not that one page. There's one page in particular that really, I don't know. I'm going to fight maybe, you on that. Maybe one. there one is. Page. I wasn't going to come in here and say, Hey, this page was awful. Were you sick Listen, or something? I'm not going to come at 45. you. Could have been a little bit. <laughs> 45. I'm kidding. Oh, oh, no. Here we go. Pick a random page. Too far, too far. Oh, there it is. There it is. Oh, yeah. Do you got one in the line? Does that not look a little like maybe I might have been sick while working? This is the vomit page. The original art of that is going to go for more. We're going to post that as the Corona vomit page. This one has my Corona DNA. There you go. On there. This interview is going downhill really fast. (laughs) This is good. This is the the fun stuff. It's learning about all the vomit. I appreciate it. Well, uh, going back to when both of you started out, um, what was it about the comic book industry that made you want to be a part of it? Like more than just being a fan of it, wanting to actually be in it. Uh, For me, it was, I was being raised in Detroit, which was a, 1950s of cultural wasteland, quite literally the 
big show at the art museum was uh, the folks who designed the cars showing their drawings for futuristic cars. Um, I discovered comic books early on and uh, somewhere along the line in one of the adventure or action comics, uh, Lee Helias, who uh, was drawing uh, Green Lantern or Green Arrow rather, snuck his signature in somewhere on the background in within the grass and that. And it hit me that people actually do this for a living. And from about eight years old on, I decided that's what I wanted to do. And my father worked at Chrysler and he thought one of his, uh, he was a draftsman. And he thought one of his fringe benefits was at the end of the day, stealing as much tracing paper, masking tape and number two pencils as he could jam into his briefcase and walk out safely with. <laughs> and he was gonna use it for his woodworking hobby but I took it and I started tracing off the characters in the comic books. And uh, that's how I started drawing. That's, that, that was my schooling, basically, tracing off comics and uh, eventually running out of tracing paper and starting to draw them regularly. Yeah. And Jamie, for you, was, it was uh, your love for Spider-Man? What, what, what led from there? Uh, well, I mean, I was a kid with Spider-Man. No, um, <laughs> um, I really, I didn't expect to go in the comics. If you ask me... 10 years ago or 12 years ago that I'd be doing this, I'd, I'd, I'd laugh. I'd probably really laugh and like hysterically, probably tears coming out my eyes. Like that's funny, <laughs> but um, it just kind of happened. Just kind of fell into it. And it just was a, a path. Like, music was your love. Music, I've heard no, acting, a lot of her recordings. She has a lovely voice. Acting and music was my first love. Acting was always my very first love. And then, um, and, reading. and then music followed behind that. But I, you know, I love art. So it just seemed a natural you know, path of uh, just going along with it. <laughs> nice. I love it too. It's awesome. And uh, Jim, what inspired the, the Dreadstar character as well as the entire story itself? Well, it started off in Epic Illustrated. It was going to be a fairy tale about Vietnam. Uh, and, and it was going to be really a fairy tale because I had just gotten done uh, working at Ralph Bashy's studio on the, uh, War, uh, wizards and uh, working with Mike Plug and being inspired by these beautiful uh, watercolor paintings he was doing for what was going to be a Lord of the Rings, uh, mm-hmm. or excuse me, The Hobbit, uh, that they were going to do afterwards. Uh, but fairy tales are not my thing, and so it very quickly turned into sci-fi uh, instead of fairy tales. And uh, mm-hmm. it was basically about... Uh, you know, when you're young, you think that everything should be torn down and start over right from the beginning. Uh, outgrown that uh, outlook on life. But at that time, that's what the book was about, that it would be better just to let everything uh, go boom and then start over again. And uh, that's where Dreadstar started from. And basically, I come to the conclusion he's an anarchist without a second act. He's very good at breaking things but not very good about living in a society that actually has to function. And so that's been the, the place to spring off from him ever since then. Right. Yeah. And, and you, you definitely get that with, with, with the, the book where he's, he's the one freeing the world, but he's not doing really much after that. It's, he's letting... Yeah, he had a stint as a cop after the instrumentality war, and, he, and it was horrible. Yeah. You know, he ended up getting fired. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, no, that's, he's, he's, he's a hero freeing people. He doesn't want to be policing. They're, they're a bunch of misfits, basically. All cast misfits that all 
work well together. <laughs> and, but that was kind of a nice thing about doing the return of the Fred Star because I had that 20 years between jobs and I wanted that uh, time lapse to go with the characters. And right. so when we find Dread Star in Dread Star Returns, he has found a place where he can work in society and use those destructive tendencies he has in a constructive way. Right. Uh, which amused the hell out of me. I don't know if the readers got that or not, but I, I had fun putting him in that position. <laughs> well, I, I, I did enjoy, I couldn't help but notice that in the, early on in the very beginning, uh, the this uh, this evil king seems to resemble a certain someone in our actual uh, uh, it's something yeah. like that yeah could, had a hard yeah could, couldn't place it mm-hmm. well, I'm, I'm missing them in, oh, there he is. yeah yep. that yeah, yeah looks familiar it looks it's really a specific, familiar a specific look to him can't put my finger on it though <laughs> who knows who's to say we don't want to he read too much one of my it. characters in a political ad and i figured that made him fair game there but, it is and yeah. uh after the coronavirus and the mishandling he and his administration did with it and the countless lives, uh, you know, the uncountable lives. You almost lost, lost your anchor. I almost lost my anchor because of yeah. the mishandling. Yeah. So uh, I figured he was fair game. And uh, if anybody objects to uh, his head being on a stick, well, that's too bad. I, I couldn't help uh, as reading those pages. I read them like this. <laughs> you watch regular show don't you yeah, <laughs> yeah it was it was, it was yeah we definitely he sent me that because he, he started before i did and he's like wait he's like i'm seeing i'm seeing some similarities and as soon as i got it you know with everything i was like yeah that is exactly how a lot of and it fits you know fits with well laughing emojis with laughing yeah, emojis with well. laughing emojis because it fits well into into sci-fi because how how bizarre and insane this person this tyrannical person is like it fits in a sci-fi story that we had to deal with this person and this this whole plague that they let run rampant like it's very it was very well done and, and then you find out that that's just a throwaway at the beginning of the story it's not even a right. real story no mm-hmm. that's not even it with if only I mean, it's it's a, the way it was a cosmic now. unrequited love story and uh yeah. we start off with chopping off a dictator's head <laughs> as we should as we should, as all good stories should. <laughs> so in that regard, you, you mentioned it earlier. So initially, Dreadstar Returns was the, was the Kickstarter. Um, and now, so going forward, is it, are, are we looking at crowdfunding again? Or, or, or are we going through traditional routes? Or what, what's next? I think we'll be doing crowdfunding uh, from now on. It's, uh, you know, the pamphlet books used to be the way that the companies financed putting together a, a good edition, a hardcover edition or something. Um, I don't want to work for the majors any longer. I want to work on Dreadstar. Dreadstar and the Kickstarter seem to work well together. Uh, Ron Mars and the folks up at Ominous have been putting together an excellent package for me. They're good people to work with. Um, uh, they did a great job on the book. I mean, yeah. Yeah. as you've seen, we already have a second book in the works. Right, right. Uh, Dreadstar versus the inevitable. I'm 60 pages into the pencils and scripts. Uh, Jamie's. Uh, I won't tell him where I am in the. <laughs> yeah, okay. We'll keep that a secret. <laughs> he got to start while I was still inking and I was sick. So I'm not up to 60. Head start. He's a head start. He has a head start. Yeah, it's, it's, she's a little sensitive on this. Matter, in case you have a great excuse, you have you have a really good reason for, for where you're at. Valid. Well, so that's awesome. Yeah, we the we've learned especially during with 2020 and everything, like going the the crowdsourcing route. 
it's been great. It's, it's a way to immediately just connect with directly with people. Like you said, like, you know, it's, there's when you, when you're able to control your story, you were able to get what you actually, you know, wanted to put out there. Like it's not, doesn't have any influence on it. And yeah, you, you know, not having the resources of a massive corporation, obviously it's got its, its downsides with stuff like Kickstarter. And uh, we just learned about, uh, from the from the guys in Slow City Blues, uh, Zoop. Zoop Zoop is another one. Yeah, the, the, the guy, I was just the, thinking about Zoop. Yeah. When you said it. <laughs> we just heard, and then and then stuff like uh, uh, like TKO TKO presents the way they they change the direct. You know, it's they drop all the the all the volumes at once and the floppies. Like it's not monthly. You can just get it all at once. Like the industry is like changing that regard, and we love it. It's great because everyone's been doing the monthly thing for so long. Just to be able to see these hardbacks, these volumes, they look awesome. So it's, we're, we're glad that crowdfunding is working, especially for someone like you with, with a legendary career that, you know, obviously when people think Jim Starlin, they think Thanos, you know, they, they think they I'll do it myself. We, we think of these like we I mean, I don't know. We think Josh Brolin sometimes, but still like Bye. to <laughs> to be able to get your your vision in Dreadstar. That's we're, we're fantastic. We're really excited that we got. Yeah, to, we it's, got to it's, it's it. quite a, a bit of it's, it's very freeing to not have some editor who's had six months of experience telling you that you're doing it wrong uh you know, okay uh how would you think i should be doing this yeah well random did, did you approve of josh brolin's performance as thanos uh he wasn't on my radar at all and now i can't imagine anybody else doing it you know exactly uh, i was thinking idris elba was a voiceover or Ooh, something like yeah. that yeah, he would have been good on that. Uh, fortunately, they didn't listen to me. Not that anyone even asked. But uh, right. And the guy from Goonies knocks it out of the park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's I, I did not see him playing. When they announced that he was going to be playing tennis, I was like, oh, no. But he nailed it. I mean, he right. did an incredible job. <laughs> and he was not my crush during the Goonies. No, it was wasn't? Awesome. Oh. No, it was the other kid. <laughs> <laughs> So now, so so since your so many of your the, your creations have been turned into movies, I mean, because you were also you're listed as a co-creator of, uh, of Shang Chi, right? Yes, with, uh, with Steve and I created. Yeah, it so so you've got, I mean, so many of your creations are seeing the big screen now. Dreadstar, any plans to go that route, or are you just going comic route all the way? Uh, we're talking uh, to some folks right now. I don't see it going the big screen route. Uh, it's too complex of a story to do yeah. that. Uh, you can't fit it into one uh, two-hour, even two-hour movie. It's it's got to be over a long distance. TV time. series, TV series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, and they are doing series now that uh, are are reminiscent of what Dreadstar is, and so I, I, if they can do these. They can do Dreadstar now, technologically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when are the auditions for Dreadstar? <laughs> he's, he's gonna dye his hair blonde. Here we go. Let's I will, see what I'll happens. do it. I'll make it happen. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Well, there's we're, another we're, blonde uh, guy here who might try. He, he might just do it. Okay, you get it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind I will, of. A, I'll wig up for the part. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, that, be that's dead guy great. number two. Dead guy number yeah. two. Don't. Yeah, you, you'll play. You'll play the king anyway. Um, so. <laughs> oh. So th- thank you for coming on and, and, and talking about Dreadstar and 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 letting it, you know giving us a second to chat and like I said not to to fanboy out too hard. I'm still staring at my Infinity Gauntlets. I'm gonna 
be an adult and not bring them down here. I'm very proud of David. He could have easily gone the Chris Farley sketch from SNL when he interviewed Paul McCartney. He could have easily been that today, but he didn't. Yeah, he I did not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying not to go that route too much. So again, thank thank you for coming on. And uh, where can we where can we find more about you guys, social media, and and Dread Star itself? Well, as I said before, the book can be purchased at ominouspress.com through them. Uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram under my name. Uh, I try to add when I can. I have been remiss over the last year because I haven't been doing anything but working. Yeah. Um, your your show and every other interview that we do will be on the link there. So uh, you know that's the way to find it. And Beautiful. Jamie, I'm uh, under I'm on Instagram as James Jameson because I was serious. People used to call me James and chill these guys, and <laughs> then it's Jamie. So we'll go with uh, James Jameson on Instagram. And um, my Facebook is a little more complex, but if you put in James Jameson, I'll pop up. And then I'm also on Twitter. Um, I think it's James Jameson as well. It might be Jamie Jamerson. It's one of those. Fantastic. But, yeah, I'm there. <laughs> They'll find you. Yeah. We'll it's not like Jaime, though. So not to confuse people, even worse. Well, we'll, <laughs> my, my buddy here is Steve's. He'll he'll track it down. He's he's a wizard at, at finding social media <laughs> accounts and, and and people and and we'll, we'll get it out there. So again, thank you, thank you for coming on. Um, we really enjoyed Dreadstar, and we're we're looking forward to more. All right. Thank awesome. you. Right Thanks there. for having thank us. Thank you so awesome. much. Thank you guys. Take care. Wow. That happened. That happened. Boom. Shit. It's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> I I did not bust out any Infinity Gauntlets that whole episode. Mm-hmm. Nope. I'm an adult. You did it. Talking to a comic book man in my comic book podcast around my comic books. I am an adult. <laughs> but yeah, so that was wow. Thank you to Jim Starlin. Thank um, you so much. And uh Jamie Jameson, James Jameson, uh, the Jim, 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 Jam, Jamma, Jimmy Jamma. That's what I should have just said the whole episode. Jim Jamma, Jim. I was going to say Jobin from I Love, I Love You, Man. <laughs> and I, I went, I went uh, Fairly Odd Parents. I went Doug yes. Dimonome over the Dim Dim Dimonome. <laughs> uh, so, yes, huge thanks to to Jim and Jamie for coming on, talking about Dreadstar, talking about their careers. Um, Dreadstar is, is available. You can get it from uh, Ominous. Uh, ominous press um you can check it out on their website um it's going to be in stores soon they're working on another volume he's already what did he say 60 pages deep Mm -hmm. like he's going this man he thought he was done and he is not he is in his 70s he started in the 1970s and he is going yes he is full bore and he's still creating he's writing he's drawing it's it's fantastic um so check it out um talk to you if you can't get it online or or you want to um support your local comic book store and try to get a copy let them know to 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 see about getting it in their shop uh and yeah and that's been our interview how you feeling man i'm it feels good jim starlin is in our catalog of episodes yeah friend of the show friend of the show we can say that jim starlin Mm. creator of thanos oh it's nice it's nice it's nice we're just just looking around at no audience looking at the vacuum cleaner over here and uh we're, we're doing the Hogan NWO backwards walk up the ramp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let me get my mm-hmm. Infinity Gauntlet and play it like a guitar and spray mm-hmm. paint. Let me, I'm going to get my Infinity Gauntlet bottle opener and just like tap yeah. on my hand like that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah. So, hey, thanks uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, as always. Thanks for uh, for following and subscribing and, and uh, rating and reviewing, if you'd like, uh, on any 
social media platform. I'm gonna I'm gonna go have a cigarette. I guess I don't I don't know, man. I don't, what what's what's left? Craig got a cigar. Let's check that check that one off the box. Um, so for David Barry, I am joined as always by Jim Sterling is inevitable. This is the Azorian one, Anthony Steves, and he liked Josh Brolin for the record. He did. Yes, it wasn't his first choice, but he loved him. So. Hey, thanks for hanging out for the Nerd On, the Nerd On family, for the Capeless Crusaders. A good night. Good night. <laughs>